Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning. How are you? This is our first Sunday of 2023, right? No, the first Sunday was last week. This is the first Sunday we meet, right? Praise God. Uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want us to read from verse 11. I like that. Whatever that is, I like. Verse 11, with them? Let's read, please. Okay, 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 okay. Read it like you're sitting in your study, your kitchen, or you're lying down in bed. And he himself gave some. Yeah. 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 So, he himself, referring to Jesus Christ, he, he, so the appointment of these offices is administrated by Jesus, him, by Jesus, him, so, a Bible school cannot appoint this office, nor can a professor, right? Nor can another man, but he, him, he, he, himself. He, him, he, him, he, him, the scriptures doesn't say he, right? Because he operates in many ways, right? He can by the Holy Ghost, right? He can by the angel, right? The Bible says the Lord by a prophet preserved and delivered Israel. So, the fact that he emphasizes the person of Jesus Christ as the sole appointer and administrator of these five offices or graces he mentions means that whatever these five 
offices represent is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So if, 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 if he appoints an apostle himself, right? Himself. That would mean that whatever that apostle is or is going to be must be referenced from Jesus himself. And you begin to understand why I'm saying this. And that means the idol of that grace, of that office, is he himself. The business, therefore, of that apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, his mission is one thing. Is to endeavor to carry out that ministry as though Jesus himself were carrying it out. And that would suppose that that minister who Jesus has appointed as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, should conform to Jesus Christ. It's important. It's important because the degree to which his conformity is expressed is the measure by which the ones to whom he ministers to will be impacted. So, a ministry or a people are not affected by the title, but by how much that office hosts Jesus' presence. So anybody can be an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, whatever, right? Anybody can be that. Anybody can say that, right? But the legitimacy of that office has to be defined within the parameters of that office ability to, to host and express Jesus. And the first and most important area is doctrine. Is, can, can, can I show you something? What I actually wanted to read you is, we'll come back there, we'll come back there, is doctrine. Let's read uh, John, 2nd John, I think. 2nd John, verse 7. Are them? All right, let's read. For many deceivers have gone out into who do not confess Jesus Christ. Who do not confess Jesus Christ. Many deceivers have gone out into So, what is he talking about? We'll get there. Who, who do not confess Jesus Christ. Yeah? Yes, coming in the flesh. Mm. This is a and this is a and an 
So he's giving us, he's giving us the, the premise upon which we could discern and distinguish the Antichrist and the deceiver. He said the deceiver does not confess Jesus Christ. The deceiver. He does not confess Jesus Christ. That's how you can tell. When the message, the ministry of an individual does not confess Jesus Christ, he says, you have a deceiver in your midst. Why? Why? Why does not the deceiver confess Jesus Christ? And I want to get to that second part, right? As coming in the flesh. It's a very important part. I want to get into that now, right? We'll get into that uh, later. And by the way, we are teaching on the series of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? This is a series we'll teach for the whole year. I will teach or we will teach no other subject than the subject of Jesus Christ in 2022. Three. Three. In 2020? Three. So everything we will be discussing, especially on the Sunday services, will have to do with the mystery and revelation of Jesus Christ. And he says, he is a deceiver and an antichrist. So the, an antichrist spirit does not confess Jesus. Right? An antichrist does not con con what? confess Jesus. A deceiving spirit does not. If you want to know that your pastor is a deceiver, right? You know where you'll find out? You will find out on the measure of time he spends confessing Jesus from the platform or the altar from which he ministers. When a pastor or a minister irrespective of whatever office they feel, spends much of his time speaking about idols and men. He is deviating from his call. He himself, Jesus, did not call an apostle to go talk about another apostle. That, that is a waste of resource. There is a waste of grace. The purpose for which God calls an apostle is to make sure that he confesses, exalts, and manifests Jesus. And this is the number one reason we will, we will begin to see why the church of Jesus Christ is not growing. Why the church of Jesus Christ is not rising to the standards which have been laid down for us in the Holy Scriptures. Because the body of Christ has, has been deceived by the deceivers. So he says, continue reading. Yeah. The things we have, but that we... Yeah. Who, whoever does what? 
does not abide in the who, whoever does not what whoever does not leave any minister that does not leave spend the vast majority of his ministry in the doctrine of Christ listen to what he says does not have God so he says the proof that you have God is that Jesus Christ feels your what feels your entire life your entire ministry and you abide in the doctrine of Christ. So a man cannot have God, cannot be full of God and speak and not speak about Jesus. Now you can see that many around the world are not full of God. Therefore, it is impossible to talk about what you're not full of. Because if you have God, he says, the doctrine of Christ would be the primary doctrine that is revealed to his people because he himself he himself he himself so that ministry should embody who jesus is in every respect that is the endeavor of any ministry gift let's go back to if okay let's finish reading this and then let's go there Hallelujah. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ, who abides, not visits, once in a while. And Jesus said, but you spend the vast majority of what you told us. You told us you've been flying around the world. You've seen everything. You, you, (laughs) you, what is in this you that we need to look at? So, Whoever transgression does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ does what? Has both the Father Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, let's read that verse again. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Then he says, I want, here I want us to be slow, all right? He says, until, you see, the relevancy of these gifts are only until they fulfill a certain mandate right it says until we all come to the unity of the faith until we all that means every single member of the body of christ comes to a unity an agreement of their belief and creeds can we say today that in Christianity we all believe the same thing? Can we say that? And that's where many of our schisms, right? And, and, and fractures emanate from. is the fact that there is no unity of faith. 
The only thing we might really believe in is Jesus Christ. But even, even that, that is a whole nother subject as well. Because what is to believe in Jesus Christ? Because demons believe. The scriptures tell us that demons believe. They believe. They do not deny the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. They believe. Demons believe. So what distinguishes your belief than the belief of demons in Jesus? So even that would need really to be scrutinized. So he says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. Notice, he does not say Jesus. All, all throughout he's been saying Christ, 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 Christ. Now he says he wants us to come to the unity to, of the sons of God of the knowledge of the Son of God. So there is an agreeability that the Spirit is working to bring the body of Christ into about the knowledge of the Son of God. The word knowledge there is the Greek word epignosis. Epignosis means precise and accurate knowledge. It is knowledge that is full and replete. In other words, no, nothing else would need to be added to that knowledge after it has been acquired. So he says he wants all of us, right? All of us. Imagine that everybody sitting here was a representation of the entire body of Christ. And he says he wants all of us here to get to a point where we know the same thing about Jesus. And we know that same thing about Jesus with accuracy and precision. That there will be no missing gaps of knowledge in what you know and I know. And that is really when the body of Christ will, will, will come into oneness. When they know one thing about Jesus, about the Son of God. So the goal of the ministry gifts is to bring about a manifestation or an unveiling of the person and the knowledge of the Son of God in such a way that those who are recipients of that knowledge can come into a precision of knowledge. Now, it is impossible for those receiving the knowledge to come into that fullness of the precise knowledge of God, of the epignosis knowledge of the Son of God without those giving it, having it. Which means that when he himself gives some to be apostles, he's doing it with the goal that those whom he had given, that means the office of an apostle has the capability, the office of a prophet, the office of an evangelist, a pastor and a teacher has the capabilities, inherent capabilities to, to exude the totality of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now imagine if you have been a minister for 20 years and for the last 15 years of your life you've been, you've been spending time talking about other things except the knowledge of the Son of God. How do you think or how long do you think it will take you as a minister to get that people into that dimension? When a minister fails, when a minister fails in this assignment, 
what he, what? <laughs> I don't want to go in there. <laughs> no, let me not go in there. But I will tell you something. When, when one fails in the assignment that God gives him, how he is fired, he dies. That, that, that's, that's the only way you finish the ministry. You, you die. Okay, let me ask. When Jesus was done, what did he do? When Jesus said, when Jesus said the last thing before his death, what did he say? It is done. When he was done, what did Jesus do? Did, did he hang around with the disciples going, continue to go around? What did he do? What did he do? He? Yes. Death is an indicator of the accomplishment of work, right? Or the failure in a mission. Hallelujah. So, so he says that he wants us to come to the unity of the epignosis of the Son of God. How much do you know about the Son of God? How much do you know about who He is? His function, His work, His operation. That is the most important question. If, if the church of Jesus, if, if we are going to ask questions about the coming of Jesus Christ, the questions we need to ask has to be consistent with the assignment that He has given the church. And one of those questions would be, how much do you know about the Son of God? So he says, to the knowledge of the Son of? Ne? And then he says, listen to this. And then he says, to the, and to, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Huh? To a? To a? You see, the church has not yet graduated into discussions about perfection. Right? We still hold the doctrine. We are, we're not perfect. You know, we, we're not perfect. We, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. Again? Yeah, no, son, judge, and I'm not perfect. Don't expect perfection from me. I may not, but God does. God expects perfection. Jesus is the only doctrine a man does not need the Bible. I mean, he's the, he's the only revelation and doctrine a man does not need the Bible to reveal. I'll repeat that. Jesus is the only revelation, the only doctrine that a man does not need the Bible to reveal. Hi, Revelation chapter 1. Read Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Read it, please. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which God gave to his 
the, 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 the what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah? Which God gave. Which God gave. Yeah? To, to which God gave him to show. Which God gave? Who? Jesus. God gave Jesus the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in order for you to access or know the revelation of Jesus Christ, you don't need a Bible, you need Jesus. Because the revelation of Jesus Christ is not given but to Jesus. So the reason why, even though we have a Bible, but we still need apostles, prophets, evangelists, is because whom God, God gave him to show unto his servants. That means an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, their first assignment is to reveal Jesus. Because, because they are the reference point of that revelation. Well, God, look at it. The revelation, read it. The revelation of who? Yeah? The revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which God gave him. Which God, which God gave him. Who? Jesus. Uh, to do what? To show his servants. So he himself gave. Hallelujah. He himself. Because God gave him to do what? To show. To show them what? The revelation? Read what the revelation of Jesus Christ is. So the revelation of Jesus Christ are things. Are things. Yeah? Which must shortly take place. Which must? Shortly take place. Which must? Shortly take place. So you can prove, you can prove whether or not a man who occupies whatever office has the revelation of Jesus Christ. Ask him, what is going to shortly take place? <laughs> if they are unable to tell you, they don't have it. No, I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> Read it. Read it. He himself... He himself, he himself gave, he himself gave, and God gave him. Look at this. Jesus is entrusted by God with the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus has to receive his revelation from his father. And God gives him that revelation for the purpose of showing it. So, the sign of the possession of the revelation of Jesus Christ is the ability to show things which must shortly continue reading. Ha, you see it? You see it? So the entire book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
So John had the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, John could what? Reveal the things which must shortly take place. You look at Peter. He had the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he could reveal the things which must shortly take place. Paul, he had the revelation of Jesus Christ and he could, listen, to tell the future, you can't find it in scripture. Tell me how. how, how. That means the, the, the prophetic insight is contained within the revelation of Jesus Christ. If a man cannot access or does not possess the revelation of Jesus Christ, he is unable to reveal or show the things which must take it, shortly take place so you can test a man right so tell me the things which must shortly take place must not should must praise the lord that means these are things that are written in stone there's nothing that can happen from this side that can stop them from happening they must take place hallelujah praise god so the knowledge of the Son of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ is essential for your growth and progression in God. If you want to know more about God, you will need to increase the revelation of Jesus Christ that you possess. If you want to experience more of God, you would have to increase the revelation of Jesus Christ which you possess. And that is a revelation that, that only comes when a man contacts the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? Right? Remember, let's go there. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 16. Praise God. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Let's read quickly from verse... from verse number 13. Matthew 16, 13. Matthew 16, 13. Let's read. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, who is, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am, right? So they said, they said, huh, yeah? Some say John the Baptist. Uh. Some say Yeah? Yeah? So they say, right? Yeah? Yeah. But, but who do you say that I am? And everybody went, Zoop. Yeah? They said, Simon Peter. Simon Peter said, You are? Yeah? What did Simon Peter say? You are the Christ. Yeah? You are? Christ. Yeah? The Son of the living God. Hmm, yeah? Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not Hey! For flesh and blood has not revealed 
has not so th- this was a revelation this was a Peter uttered a revelation he said you cannot find this in the realm of flesh and blood he said but but where yeah my father was in heaven yeah So, did you read that? I want you to read it again. And, and, and I say to you. From, yeah, from there. Let's read it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Hey. So he says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father. So Peter received a revelation about who Jesus was, not from a book, but from heaven. So when he spoke, that was a direct revelation that came from heaven. And that was concerning who? Jesus. That was concerning who? And Peter said, Jesus said, this thing, boy, comes from That means Peter was talking out of his mind. Do you understand that? When, when they were saying you are, you are this, this, they were talking from their minds. But when Peter begins, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. None of those who were telling Jesus who do men say that he is, mentioned that. When Peter mentioned it, Jesus said, this is a different saying. This is a revelation. This is to say Jesus is a prophet is not revelation. That's why even the Quran accept Jesus as a prophet, but not as the Son of God. Because that is a revelation that can only be given by the Father. So, in a way, he's telling us that men are ventricles of the Father's revelation. I mean, of Jesus' revelation from the Father. And Jesus says, I say to you, you are Peter and whatnot, right? And then he says, on this rock. He was referring to what? The revelation that Peter had received. So Jesus used the revelation that came from the Father about who he is to build his church. He says, on the, on the foundation of me being the Christ, the Son of the living God, he says, I will build my church. I will build and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So in in what settings does the gates of hell prevail against a church, an entity or a people that is of God? He says, when the revelation of Jesus Christ is not at the foundation. Jesus is the son. You, you, when, we say, when we say we have a church, that entire church should be based on one foundation. That Jesus is the son of the living God. That trumps the authority of any entity. That's what you're saying. That we here as a church, 
represent Jesus Christ and who He is, the Son of the living God. We are saying that He's above every king, every prince, every power, every authority, every dominion, every principality, every authority that exists, both governmentally, it doesn't matter, economically. We are saying that as, as representations of this person called Jesus, that here on earth, we have laid a signboard for the world to see that Jesus is greater than the President of South Africa, China, uh, United States of America, Russia, that Jesus is above all these other ones because Jesus is the Son of God. Do you understand that? He's the Son of God. That, doesn't, it, that does not mean that you, He's a child of God. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is not saying that Jesus is the child of God. The Bible is saying that Jesus is the Son of God. God. That is a term that is reference to who he, he was. Okay, let's read something. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's read John chapter 8 quickly. Let's read John chapter 8 quickly. Let me show you what the Son of God means. John chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 8, are we there? Oh, praise God. John chapter 8. Uh. Are we there? No, let's read chapter 10. Let's read chapter 10. I read you chapter 8 earlier. Let's read chapter 10. Chapter 10. Verse number 31. Let's read. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Right? L let me read you why he, 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 they wanted to stone him. Right? Verse 29. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Yeah, now we can listen to you there. <laughs> then verse 30, he says, I and my father are one. This is a man talking, by the way. This is a man talking. It's not his spirit talking. He's a man. He's a man that looks like you. And Jesus says, he made an exclamation. He said, I and my father are one. That means you cannot distinguish me from God. We are indistinguishable. I and my father. He's telling them, he says, I and my father are one. Right? Then listen to what Jesus says. They, they take up stones. <laughs> you... You blasphemer, you. Then he says, Jesus answered them and said, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do we stone you? The Jews answered him and said, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, make yourself God. 
do, do, you, do you understand that? Do, do you understand that? Do, do, do you understand how they interpreted what he said? Because Jesus was telling them that. Jesus was telling them, I am God, but in a way that I, I and my father are one. In a cryptic way, but he was telling them, I am God. I am the God you've been worshipping. So they, they take up stones, right? They take up stones and, and they want to stone him. They want to kill him. Right? And then Jesus says, is it not written? Listen, Jesus does, does not deny their statement. He does not refute their statement. What he does is that he substantiates what they said about him. Is it not written in your law that I said that you are God's? So, yes, Jesus was not making himself God. He was God. And, and he, he did not say no, right? If, 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 if they were saying a statement that were not true, right? He would have said, no, nah, but I'm not, I'm not. I didn't say I was God, right? But rather, he, he, he verifies their statement saying that he's making himself God. So he's accepting it by giving them what their law says. So Jesus knew. Jesus knew when he walked here that he is God. So he, he had knowledge, awareness of who he was. A man doesn't say I and my father are one if he has no consciousness of who he is. So who, who is Jesus? The Bible says he is the son of God. Who is the son of God? The son of God is the manifestation of God is God in flesh. Do you know what that means? 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 Okay. I, I, I read you. Did I read you John chapter 8? Okay. Let's read John chapter 8. Let's read John, John, John chapter 8. Praise the Lord. John chapter 8. Let me read you John chapter 8. I want you to see this for yourself, right? In case you say, hey, this guy is changing the Bible. Right? Let's read from verse 54. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said, You are not 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Then Jesus answered, Most assuredly I said to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus upended everything that man knew about reality. Up until Jesus, all men knew about reality was that their life began when they were born on earth. But Jesus says, I am before I was born. He's telling them, before I was born, I am. So he's telling them, I have a life before I came here. Yet when he came here, he, did not, he was not born as Adam, as a man. He was born as a child. Yet that child was before. 
So that means the humanity of Jesus should not deceive us about the pre-existence of that man. So he says, Thank you. He says that he he was, he, he is before the past. He's telling that he did not begin when he was born. I I see he still has not clicked. John 17. So that means the revelation of Jesus Christ encapsulates all he is now and he was before and he will be. Remember what he said. He who was and is and is to come. Let's read John chapter 17 because I know now heads are starting to spin. Jesus spoke these words, verse 1, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, right? And I want you guys to read verse number 5. Let's read, please. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. What? 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 Glorify me now together with yourself, with the glory that I had with you. So, Jesus had glory with the Father before the world was. So, we need to know this Jesus before the world was. To better understand Him in the world that is. The world that was. So, there was a world apart from this. In which Jesus was glorified with the same glory of the Father. And that Jesus... That Jesus is the same Jesus that is making this prayer about who he was with the Father before the world was. So I gotta know the Jesus that is compressed within the Jesus that is praying. Because this Jesus that is praying, he's saying that he was before the world, he's timeless. he's, He's telling them that he is ageless. He's telling them that he is the one whom they call the ancient one, the ancient of days, that the age of Jesus is is far greater than the age of the world. And Jesus is saying this. He himself is making these proclamations. So when Peter was saying, you are the son of God, he was pulling something from the eternal. He was pulling something from the region of the celestials, that this is the son of the living God. Peter was saying that you are the immortal God. You are the incarnate God. You are God in human flesh. You are Emmanuel, God tabernacle among men. He, he hides himself with human skin, yet he is, he, is as, he is more ageless than the age of this world. And he says, I am. I am. So Jesus, was the one that was talking to John. Jesus was the one that was talking to Moses. Jesus was the one that was talking to Abraham. Jesus was the one that was talking to Enoch. Jesus was the one that was talking to Elijah. Jesus was the administrator of deity. So every work of God was done by this being called the Son of God. 
When God wanted to move, it was the Son of God that moved, not God. Listen, since his existence, since he was, he, since he is, God has never needed to move out of his seat. He has never needed to move. The, 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 the activity of God that we see in creation is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was without God. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. It says the same was with God in the beginning. All things, Zaphai, were made by Him. And nothing that was made was made without Him. That means that, that Jesus is the first place for physicality to be experienced. I want to read you something. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And, and that's why I didn't want to touch on what he said that, uh, that the, the Antichrist, the deceiver, does not confess Jesus coming in the flesh. There's a reason why. He does not want to confess Jesus coming into the flesh. Because to confess that Jesus coming, coming in the flesh, that God is God of the physical world. The implications of Jesus coming in the flesh means that that world in which he came in, it is his. And Antichrist wants to rule this world. Antichrist is not concerned about ruling heaven. He's been cast out of heaven. He knows that's a failed thing. He, he tried in, in the heavens by his father Satan. Now he knows that this is the place. But he has failed. Why doesn't the Bible say Satan rules in hell? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever asked yourself, why does the why knowing the Bible does the scriptures tell us that Satan rules in hell? What's there to rule? That is prison. That is home. So the 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 ideology, the concept of Jesus presents a dilemma for humanity because all humanity knows is what they see. But Jesus says, before all that you see, I was. So Jesus is the first one from the before dimensions or unseen dimensions. And he's the one heralding them. He says, you, you are concerning yourself with what you see around here. I was before this. And then you look at him. That, that, is, that is a shock a trauma to everything you know about reality. And he's manifested in the flesh. And he tells you, I was before time, my boy. I was before time. Oh, tell me, if, if you meet such a person, if, 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 if you meet such a person, he, he, before every war, before a, before a single human being was on earth, before the, 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 the body, the celestial bodies and the terrestrial bodies were created, he says, I was. So he was there when there was nothing. And then he, he is standing among men to tell them that me, you see me, you see me, I am the ancient one. And, and the Bible says, anybody that does not confess that this Jesus who is ancient has come in the flesh, he says, this one is an antichrist. 
That means the revelation of Jesus Christ is incomplete without his, his what? Without the inclusion of his flesh. And I said I wanted to read in John chapter 1 to see what that really means. Because what that tells us is that the physical world did not begin with us. It began with Jesus. So a man that has Jesus in reality has everything. He has absolutely everything. But I don't have anything. I have Jesus. You don't have him yet. <laughs> you don't have him yet. You have not received him. You see, to have and receive Jesus is two different things. Because you can have and not receive him. Right? Read Colossians. We there? Let's read Colossians. And then I want us to begin touching a little bit, if I can, on, on the pre-existence of Jesus. On the deity of Jesus Christ. Can we read Colossians chapter 1? Let's read. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, He has delivered us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. He is. He is the image of the invisible God. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Can I explain that to you? Yes. Don't think, don't think when you go to heaven, you will find God. Because we all have this concept that when we go to heaven, we will find God. God is invincible to creation. His invincibility does not end here on earth, but even in the spirit. So Jesus is the image. He's the one that we see as God in every dimension of creation. Because God does not live in heaven. Heaven is the work of his power. Is the work of his power. That means he predates heaven. So ask yourself, before there was a heaven, where was God? Where was God before heaven? That's where he is now. He's in what, what we call the uncreated dimension. Remember, he says God doesn't, he says, he says you, you cannot, you can, God does not live in temples built by human hands. 
So wherever he lives is an uncreated dimension. That's where Jesus comes in. Jesus is, is the, that, that reality of God that is visible in every dimension. That's why the Bible says when he comes back, when he comes back, he says every eye will see him. How? how okay. Can you see a plane now that's, that's flying in Cape Town? Right now in the sky. Can you see it? Can you see a plane right now that's flying or the clouds right now that are, that are in Paris? You can't. How then will Jesus be at one location and everyone on earth will see him? How is it possible? Talk to me now. That he would come down, the Bible says we would meet the Lord in the air. He would come and stand at one location in the air and every eye will see him. Even those who pierce, he said they will see him. That means when he comes back, those in hell will see him. Those who pierced him, where do you think those who pierced him are? Are they still alive? Where are the Romans who killed him? Where are the Romans? Are they alive? Who gave the order? Pontius Pilate. Where is he? The Pharisees, where are they? They hell. It says from, from where they are, they will see him. That means there's a location, a spot in the earth that exists that if he stands there, those in hell will see him. And they'll see him clearly. Those on earth will see him. From every nation, they will be able to see him. Those in heaven will see him. What does that t- tell us? That Jesus, Jesus is visible in every dimension. In every world, he is visible. And that's why in every world, he is God. Because all of God is encased in him. You are not worshipping a lowly man of Galilee. When you say Jesus, don't think you're calling some some old Jew boy who came to earth, God sent him. (laughs) You're worshipping a mystery. He's an enigma. The Bible says we don't have a high priest who has not passed through the heavens. He's the first man to leave earth. He's the first man. he's he's, He's the first astronaut. The Bible says he has passed through. He has passed through the heavens. So in every heaven, Jesus is known. The Bible says he is the image of the invincible God. Invincible not only to us humans, but to angels too. The Bible never says the angel sees his, see, see his face. The Bible says hear his voice. <laughs> they hear his voice. Who do they worship? Revelation chapter 4. This is a picture of heaven. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Let's read please. Let's read from verse 2 maybe. 
sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like Jasper. And one sat on a throne. And he looked like stone. What is Jasper? Read again. Was like was like was like he who said there was like was like a Jasper. How? He's got a stone now. Yeah? Why does why does John see a stony figure? I thought we are in the image of God. Are we not? Are we, do we look like stones? Are we, uh, do, we, do we have stone fabric? So who's on the throne? He says one who sat on the throne was like Jasper and Asadias. Yeah? Yeah? And there was a rainbow around the throne. Yeah? In appearance like an emerald. Yeah? Around the throne were 24 thrones. Yeah? And all the thrones are so 24 thousand. Yeah? Throne in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. Uh. And from the throne proceeded lightnings. From? From? The throne. Huh. From? The throne. Huh. The same throne, the same throne that the one that looked like Jasper was sitting on. It says proceeded what? Lightnings. And what? Thunderings. And what? And now you know that's not God. Now you know that John did not see God there. John did not see God. I want you to read it again. I want you to read it again. And read it very slowly, right? Read very, very slowly. Let's read. Now, read it. Read it. Verse, verse, I saw a throne. I, I saw a throne, but I saw a throne. There a throne set, yeah? Yeah. Sharp. The Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invincible. He's the image of the invisible. So, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, right? Were they seeing a stony man? Yeah? Were they seeing a man who had lightning, thunderings, voices coming out of him? Read there. Yeah? Then read verse 5. From the throne proceeded? From the throne proceeded? From the throne proceeded? Voice? Does it say a voice? Yeah? Voice? Wow. So how many voices does God have if that's God? How many? Like, you tell me. Because I didn't write the Bible. The throne of God. 
in heaven is God's telecom system. He, 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 that's where he, he carries out his work. He speaks into. The lightnings, the thunderings. Tell me, is that God? Tell, tell me, is that God? Imagine this picture in your mind, right? Here you see something like a stone. You see a being like a stone, right? With jasper or stone, he's stony in appearance, right? And then all of a sudden, there's a rainbow around the throne. And then from the throne, from the throne, out of the throne, lightnings, thunders, voices are coming out. Where are they coming out from? Because they are being projected through the throne, but where are they coming from? You see, that throne is a portal. All right. No, I, I want you where in your mind you begin to say, no, it's impossible. That's where I want you. Right? That's where I want you because, because I've got proofs for what I'm telling you. That what John saw was actually a portal. And the being that he saw was, was, was a gatekeeper. Okay, 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 okay. Come, let's read. First Timothy. I will teach you about God, don't worry. I will teach you about God. Are, 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 are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. For those of you who say, no, God is in heaven. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. You ready? Amen. All right, let's read. First Timothy chapter 6. I urge you, verse 13, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until, until, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate. Do you understand that? Jesus is the only pot, he's the only authority in the universe. That's what it means. He's the only potentate. Right? The king of kings. The lord of lords. Who alone has immortality. Dwelling, dwelling, in unapproachable light, but John approached the throne. <laughs> Who dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. So God dwells in unapproachable. So God's house is light. Is a candle light or does it give light? Is the sun a light or does it give light? Yeah? 
So the sun gives light. So where does the sun leave? Because this, the Bible, God says in Job 39 that the sun has a dwelling. Where is it? Where is the dwelling of the sun? So I ask, where is the dwelling of God's light? Is it heaven? We, 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 can I give you some more? Amen. Let me give you some more, right? Let me give you some more. You ready? Amen. You ready? Amen. You ready? Amen. Huh? Amen. Okay, let's read Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you there? You there, right? Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places. He made us sit together where? In the? Okay. Do you understand that? In the? In the? In the? So somewhere in the heavenly places, he made us sit together. Right? Now I want to show you that when, when Jesus ascended, he went through heaven. How? My thought. All right. I'll read you chapter one. Let's read chapter four. Let's read chapter four. Bruce, for the first time in your life, I want you to read me this. All right? Give, give Bruce the mic. I, I want you to read it. Read it. Hebrews. Hebrews. Ephesians, Ephesians, I will go there now. I want you to read Hebrews. Ne? Are, you, are we there? Yeah? Are you in Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. For we are made of Christ. How? Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> Yeah. Seeing then that we have great high priest. Yeah. That is passed into the heaven. That wait, read, read that, that he is passed into the heaven. So so Jesus passed through the heavens. There even the, including the heaven that John went to, he passed through them. Where was he going passing through them? Can, should, shouldn't, shouldn't Jesus' last destination be heaven? Now he's passing through the heavens. You would understand if he says he passed through the sky. Now he's saying he's passed through. He didn't say heaven. He said heavens. Paul said I was caught up to the third heaven. So there are many different layers of heavens, right? So Jesus passed through all those heavens. Where was he going? Where was he going 
surpassing the heavens where God is supposedly be is. Now I think I got you where I want you. Let's read First Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter verse 27. But God, I want you, I want us. Are you there? Let's read. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold. Yeah, let's read. Let's read again. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold heaven. Behold heaven. In, in case you think, okay, maybe there's another heaven that can contain him. He says the heaven of heavens. The, the heaven of heavens. That, that, that's the headquarters of the heavens, right? Where God and angels and where you die, you're supposed to be. It says behold heaven. Even the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. I still ask, is God in heaven? Jesus passed through the heavens. The Bible says God dwells in unapproachable light. But the man approached it. The Bible then says now that heaven cannot contain God. Okay, let's read Chronicles. I think Chronicles will, will give you. Chronicles chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 2. And then I'm going to blow your minds, all right? Amen. To show you that actually he heaven is a portal. <laughs> heaven is God's bus through the galaxies. It is aeroplane. Heaven is God's private jet. Let's read 2 Chronicles. Are we there? Yeah? Second Chronicles chapter 2 verse 6. Who is able to build him? Then let me show you something. Are you ready for this? Amen. Psalm chapter 68. Psalm chapter 68, verse 33. You don't live in an aeroplane, right? Yes. You don't live in your car, right? Yes, sir. Right? But you use it once in a while, right? But does it mean you live there? Does it mean you live in an aeroplane? You live in a train? All right, let's see. Chapter 68, verse 33. Can we all read? Of heavens. Wait, 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 wait. You just got a bomb. You can't just pass through. To him who what? Rise. Who does what? Rise. Who does what? Rise. Who does what? Rise. Who does what? Rise. Rise or what? On the heavens of heavens. Who rise on what? The heavens of heavens. Who rise on what? God rides on the heaven of heavens. Ha! Where, where then is his house? Is heaven, if heaven is his Bugatti. 
if heaven is his Gulf Stream, uh, Gulf Streams uh, G370, where, where then is his home? You see, that's the reason why Jesus had to come in human flesh so that God could have a home. God was homeless until Jesus. God was homeless until Jesus Christ. The heavens could not contain God. Where will he live? So he was waiting outside creation until the uncreated one would, would form him a body which is not of this creation so that he would live. Then the Bible says it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. That means all of God is encased in Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the only being in the universe whose DNA has fully absorbed who God is. That means the God in the unapproachable light is in Jesus. Every manifestation, revelation, character, nature of who God is, is in Jesus Christ. That's why all John could see there was a stony man and some thunderings. That was a doorway. When you learn, when you learn who Jesus is, when you learn who Jesus is, your appreciation of his death will mean much more to you than anything in this world. Because this is the God that created everything. Do you understand? In Jesus is physicality and spirituality. Do you understand that? That means flesh comes from Jesus. That means that thing which is seen comes from Jesus. He created the seen and the unseen, not the elements in it. The very definition of what is seen, what is unseen, the visible and the invincible, He created. When the Bible says, by Him, He created all things. By Him, by Him, by Him, He created all things. That means Jesus is bigger than anything in the universe. The fabric of the universe is Jesus' DNA. It's a strand of his DNA. It's not who, all who he is. That's why the Bible says, the heaven of heavens shall be rolled up like a curtain. You understand that? That means there is more of God that the universe cannot contain now. But when all is finished and done, God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Why? To, to prepare for what? The, the freshest and newest revelation. I said he doesn't, I wanted to read Ephesians chapter 1 to show you something. Let's read Ephesians chapter 1. Now you understand why they wanted to stone him. There is a word in Hebrew. There is a word in Hebrew. Yahweh. Yahweh. We, we say Yahweh. The, in, the, in the Hebrew language, it's the name that cannot be spoken because they, they, they still till today haven't found a correct description of this person. So every time they write about Yahweh, you know what they do? Every time they have to write that word Yahweh, they skip, they don't write it. It's the unwritable, unspeakable word. It's the holy word. <laughs> 
and 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 that one they could not speak and write about was standing before them Jesus let me read you something it's a privilege to know him it's a privilege to hear his voice to be loved by him to be accepted by him it's a privilege it's a privilege Ephesians chapter 1 I want you to listen to this are we there? Verse 19, and what is the greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all. He he seated him far above what? All principalities, powers, might, and dominion. Wait. Wait. That means the 24 elders cannot occupy the same vicinity of Jesus. That means the heavenly places that he's referring to is not the heavenly places that John saw. Because in those heavenly places, Jesus is, the throne is not far above. It's in the midst of the 24 elders and there are thrones there. And they have crowns there. So how, how then could that place be where God is? When he said that he seated him far above heavenly places, principalities, powers. What am I trying to say? My brothers, my sisters. Your goal should not be heaven. Your goal should be Jesus. Because heaven is where Jesus is. Jesus is not where heaven is. Heaven follows Jesus. That's why Abraham could live in hell, but he was in heaven. He lived a heavenly life in the, in the land of the damned. He had water in the land of the damned. He was in heaven, in hell. Why? Because heaven is where Jesus is. Jesus is not where heaven is. We mix it up sometimes. I wish I would make heaven. That's a low goal. That's a goal of the one who do not know and does not understand Jesus Christ and who he is. Because once you grow up, your goal is to be where he is. Even if he says, I'm, I'm, for the next 300 years, I'll be living in hell. Lord, I'll join you. Because heaven without Jesus, all hell is, all hell is, is the absence of his manifested presence. That's what life is without Jesus. That's what life is without Jesus, is hell is hell you don't need to go to experience hell the physical location no have jesus not present in your life you will know what hell is 
Let's read John chapter 15 quickly and then we'll close. Shala Trahanda Karagista. Sharaman Shekredi. John chapter 15, glory to God. I'll read Colossians. I'll read Colossians. Not, not today. Maybe another day. Next week. Praise God. Hago Satya. Read John chapter 15. Idamadaisa. I am the vine, verse 5. You are the branches. I am. You are. He who lives in me. And I in him bears much fruit. Bears much fruit. Because without me, without, without, don't get it twisted. Don't let anybody twist you, deceive you to think without them, you'll amount to nothing. They, you see, without people, the chance of succeeding is always there. Without Jesus, it does not exist. It says, without me, you, 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 you can do nothing. You are nothing that's why you 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 don't have to rely on yourself nowhere in the bible does god tell us to rely on ourselves to depend on ourselves self-reliance is deception self-reliance is a lie Independency from God, my brothers, my sisters, is a lie. It says, without me, you can do nothing. You can do without, you can do, but with me, you can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who energizes me, who infuses me. I can do all, all, all what is required. Read that ne next verse there. He that does not abide. <coughs> yeah? If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Yeah. They are burned. God doesn't need you. You need him. We need to stop getting it twisted. You know, we need to stop getting it twisted like we, 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 we got some special, you know, number on God. He don't need us. He don't need us. Yeah, if you don't need us, how are you going to get to do what he got? Listen, God can, can shut all this thing down. You know what John said? John said, if you will not praise him, he will raise up these stones.
to praise him. He will give these stones a mouth. He will give these stones a voice to praise him. Stop thinking you're special. And start seeing how special Jesus is. How vital and important the Lord Jesus Christ is. Just without me. Without the man in whom all galaxies, dimensions, realms reside. They are nothing. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, the heavens are like a drop of rain in a bucket. You look at like it's big. If the heavens are like a drop of bucket, what are your problems? What are your problems? Probably to God, they're non-existent. <laughs> right? Our troubles are none. They're not a factor to Him. But as long as we see other things bigger than God, our lives will continue to be a perpetual cycle of pain, misery, and frustration. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is all you need. Are you listening to me? Jesus Christ is all you need. You don't need Jesus Christ in water. You don't need Jesus Christ in a bottle of oil. You don't need Jesus Christ with some handkerchief, with, the, with some Jewish scarf. Huh? Huh? When you pray, you put on some Jewish scarf. Oh, hallelujah. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need some bottle of anointing oil to carry in your bag all along. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. And don't be afraid to tell Christians, Habamatwari Sizeng, or you are a witch. You are no different than a witch. Because when a witch goes to a wizard, the Sangoma and all that, but Habamatwari Sizeng. It's only Jesus when you go in, you come out, and they wonder, Utwari, 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 you are God the Holy Ghost. Oh, hell no! Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Oh, Oh, mona matwari sa mabotlo la di tulita, ari si salt, ari si water, yeah, yeah. No, it's how we are because ari meeti jazz. If we meeti jazz, we're supposed to start with Ustaila, 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 Ustaila. La lo ya lo na ko griking ya lo. What do you mean, la lawyer? 
Hallo, ich war Mobus, hallo, Anning. Praise the Lord. You don't need all that nonsense. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Arma Jutaro. Now we are not Jews. Praise the Lord. We are not Jews. We must leave all these petty things, this element. We are not Jews. As if that thing will give you entrance. Go to the whole church. We're not Jews. Just because it's Jews does not make it spiritual. Jews rejected Jesus. With all their ritual customs, with all the law that God, they rejected Jesus. We are a new creation. We don't subscribe to all these Jewish come. We don't subscribe to all that thing. That nonsense. The Bible says he has broken down the middle wall of petition. And has, and has made, has made from two one man. Horarapeli must face north. That's what's going on today. Where Jesus said, Jesus said, in my name. He said what? Moses had a rod. Elijah had a mantle. When Jesus comes, all those things, they are gone. We don't use rods and mantles. Our rod and our mantle is the name. Get our rod and our mantle is the name. Is the name. The what? The name. Oh, what the hell is that? There are too many demonic practices in Christianity. Too many. Very subtle. Too many. And it got to end. You know when it will end? It will end when we know Jesus. When we know Jesus, 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 I'm content. Yeah, Raoul, this is a marathon, Jesus, Jesus, Jason, that's a maga berelia oil. Every time I know that I anoint you, I anoint you.
And the Bible says, we have the spirit of Christ. So why then, if we say we have the spirit of Christ, we are doing things that are totally opposite to what Jesus did. It's not the spirit of Christ. It's not the spirit of Christ. La loya. La loya. Praise God. Bible says faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ had saved this man. What else do you want? What else? The reason why Christianity is such a broken system is because of all these... Because, listen, listen, to improvise on what Jesus gave us is to insinuate that there's no power in what Jesus gave us. There is no power, there's nothing. Then why are you a Christian? Leave Christianity. Because <laughs> so via. The rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus is enough for me. Tell them, neighbor. Don't get it twisted. Jesus is enough. Not Jesus and water. Not Jesus and water. Not Jesus and salt. Not Jesus and salt. Not Jesus and tea. Not Jesus and tea. Not Jesus and coffee. Not Jesus and coffee. Not Jesus and oil. Not Jesus and oil. Not Jesus with handkerchiefs. Jesus alone. Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Jesus? 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 I want you to hear yourself say it. Jesus? 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 I'm for Jesus. Hell no, that don't work. The Bible says Jesus confessed a good confession before Paul. I'm Monta something. <laughs> I know why your mother called you Rosario. She was into some Catholic things. Yeah, you were into some Catholic things. Her DNA is Rosario. When the Pope says, as an untroubled crayon's mother, the Rosario is out. So may count as my Rosario. Now I feel like I'm Rosario every time. Arai, may count as my Rosario. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus are? Jesus are? Are? Not salt. Ne? Ne? Not hashi hashi. Jesus? Ah? Stop complicating your life. Ne? Jesus alone. You know, there's, there are Christians who will fight you. They will fight me just telling you that Jesus alone is enough. They'll be like, what do you mean? Like, my man of God. Like, my, my man of God's oil. And you're like, Jesus alone, Muro. No, 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 no. My oil, wakafa oil. And you ask them, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. What do you mean? Jesus alone. No, 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 no. Yes, Jesus alone, but we've got oil. And then what, you know what they quote? You know what they quote? Quote John, James chapter five. Does anyone seek among and anointing with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus? Yeah, the sick ones. Well, now we better get for go hold. You break pads. Petrol, if you need to You're in trouble. You're in trouble. You didn't do your work. You're in trouble with your boss. You're like, nah, this oil is for me. The oil of favor. Paul said, who has bewitched you? We'll talk about that next week. But Paul says, who, who has bewitched you? In the faith. Now let's see all these things. How about to Berisa di Lota Jeso ka some other weird ways? Botoma Mobuloi. And how may I analyze? I thought the religion say, Dina Lebu Jeso Ramohar, Maragaboloi. In which Christians? In which Christians? Be which Christians? Why? Because Jesus is not at the center and the foundation of their lives. Let's all stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You, you, you learned something? You got something? I hope you did. I hope you did. Touch them again. Say, Jesus, I hope, I hope you, you're in the Jesus only club. I hope you're in the Jesus only club. I hope. Yeah, look at three people. Last, I hope you're in the Jesus only club. I hope I offer something. Mutis, I hope I offer something. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's all you need. You need Jesus and Him alone. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to I want to bless you this morning. <coughs> I want to bless you. It's a new year. Amen. And I believe there's so much God has in store and prepared for you. But you need you know for the things that God determined for you to possess to actually be come a manifestation in your life, you need grace for that. There is grace that is needed to ensure that that which God desires to take place in your life take place. And you can receive grace the long route or the short route. The long route is if you go lock yourself up there in a mountain or in your room, starve yourself of bread and food and pray until that grace comes. And it will come. But there are times in life where to pray for certain things about certain things is a waste of time. Hey, Pastor, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe, yes, I said that. Because there is no need to pray when God has already allocated the answer. When Moses stood before Israel and Israel was being pursued by the chariots of Pharaoh and Moses stood and said stand fast and see the salvation of the Lord the Egyptians whom you see today you see, see no more he ran quickly immediately after he said that and he went and he prayed to God do you know what was the question God asked him Moses why are you praying to me? God is denying Moses the opportunity to pray. He's telling him, you're wasting your time. Don't pray. Why? He's asking, why are you praying to me? Now I'm going to, oh, must, aren't you God? <laughs> right? And probably God knew that Moses might ask that. And before Moses could even finish, he says, go and tell people to go forward. Stretch your hand over the Red Sea and put it hither and thither and let the people pass through. But Moses wanted to pray about it. He wanted to? But God expected him to act on it. So there are times in life where you don't need prayer. You need to act. Are you listening to me? 
So when God says, I will prosper you, you need to act, not pray about it. You understand? The only thing you would need from God is grace and instruction. But the beautiful thing about the grace of God is that it makes life easier. So I want to give you grace for the year 2023. On Friday, the Spirit of God said that this will be a year of the returning. What a word. What, what a word from the Lord. Because that word is all-encompassing. It's, it's all-encompassing. When God spoke to Abraham that he will have a son, 25 years elapsed. But when he told Sarah, I will return to you, only 365 days elapsed. That means when you meditate and contemplate deep on that prophetic utterance from the Lord, he's telling you that it is a year of speed. It is a year of acceleration. That there will be an acceleration in the accomplishment of things in your life. But you need grace. You see, Elijah prophesied and he told his armor bearer to go tell Ahab to get on his chariot quickly. And Ahab got on his chariot and Elijah was still on the mountain praying. But after he said, I heard a sound of the abundance of rain, all of a sudden, Elijah overtook the chariots of Ahab. He overtook the chariots of Ahab. Why? His feet were propelled, energized. So his run was like the run of horses. Chari Listen, on a chariot, there are a minimum of four or four or two, I mean two or four horses and he outran all of them. Why? There was a sound. Why? There was a prophetic manifestation. Why? The heavens were being opened. And God is going to give that grace to you. To ensure that the returning is sure. Hallelujah. 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 The things in your life that have been held up, delayed, stagnated by one reason or another, there is a returning. And it is coming with speed, with speed. I saw the angel of God that has been assigned for this purpose and mandate. My God, 
where others will be using shoes, you'll be using roller skates, you'll be using, you, you'll be using, there'll be something extra propelling your movements. Just lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands right now. Begin to thank the Lord for the anointing of returning of speed and accuracy. Begin right now. Begin right now. Continue. Come on. Come on, there are things in your life you know about them. There are prophetic words over your life. But you need the returning. The returning is upon you. There are things you lost, they are returning. There are things that have been stolen, they are returning. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? They are returning. They are returning. Time you have lost is returning. Opportunities you have lost, they are returning. Some of you this year will be overwhelmed by the amount of opportunities that are coming your way. The return. The return. Lift up your hands right now. There is grace in Jesus. There is ability in Jesus. Father, you have spoken and we know that no one word of God falls to the ground that you don't speak and your word returns void but the word accomplishes that which it has been sent to accomplish I ask right now through the extension of my hands and my voice to touch every single person that is hearing me right now that the returning grace and the anointing mark these ones here this evening let that grace of speed of accelerating things. Let it come upon your people. Things must be accelerated this year. 
things must be accelerated this year to align with the timelines of God. Everything in the last 10 years that they should have received but lost or forfeited but could not this year, Father, there must be an acceleration. There must be a returning of those things. I speak as a prophet of God over your people's lives right now to enforce the word of the Lord over every individual right here. Grace in abundance, Zamashatai. The grace of returning in abundance. In abundance, in abundance. Let it be released, let it be ministered to them right now. Dreams and visions returning. Prophetic utterances, prophetic promises returning. I stir their spirits. Let portals open within each one of them. In the Mogo Preida Balebahai, Madashka, Remenele Gebrene Get the Hushka Bahai. Get ready their wounds in the spirit. Alabash, Alema, Lagabai. Yeah, you can receive. It's here now. It's here. 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 There's a returning of the presence of Almighty God. I hear the Holy Ghost say, I, I, I hear the Holy Ghost say, I hear the, the Holy Ghost say, there, there, there are some here who have been going under serious financial hardship, financial attack, but the Lord says there's a relief coming. There is a relief. There is a relief coming. Every financial burden is broken. Let, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain to you something. Let me explain to you something. There are times. There are times when God says something that you need to do something. You understand? But there are times when God says something where you just need to receive. You see, in, 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 in those times, that's when the, the gift of the working of miracles is operational. That means that, that condition right now, that situation of financial hardship, it, humanly speaking, is unresolvable at this time. You understand that? You can't resolve it now. You, you don't have the means. That's where the miracle element steps in. And I'm telling you, the miracle element in your life is returning. Is returning. Is returning. Is returning. Is ret your your life will not lack miracles. Your life will not lack miracles. 
Lift up your hands one last time right now. And just look in my direction. In fact, just look up. Just look up. Just look up into the heavens. Fall. Fall. Fall, fall on them, fall on them, my God, fall, fall on them, fall on them, my God, fall, fall on them, fall on them, in the name of Shai Lebron, fall on them, fall on them, Holy Ghost. The hand of God is reaching you right now. The hand of God is reaching you right now. Right now, receive. Receive from the hand of God. Touch. The power is returning in a new way. It's returning in a fresh way. The grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There are some here, there are some here right now, even as I'm speaking, the Holy Ghost is showing me that there's been, yeah, I don't know whether I should say it or not, Lord. Mm. Because the Spirit of God is showing me right now, haha, <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Let me just say, there's some of you that have been in a demonic imprisonment. And the Spirit of God is showing me a prison cell with all the things that are supposed or due to you that have been locked up. But the Lord says, today I give the key. Today I give the key. Today I give the key. And that which has been stolen shall be returned to you. Everything that was meant to come your way will come your way. Every good thing, I speak prophetically now, every good thing that was supposed to come your way that was diverted for years that did not reach you, the Lord says this year, all roads will lead to 2023. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing what the Spirit of God is saying? All roads. All roads. That, that means the blessings of 2023. 2013, the blessings of 2014, that you, you thought that they were far left behind. They will find their way on the path in 2023. Says, I the Lord will do it. I the Lord will do it. 
I, the Lord, will do. Some of you are receiving right now for your family members, for your relatives, stolen destinies, blessings. Right now, hold, oh, there's a return. Glory to God. Glory to God. And a fan Sevilla higher. And a fan Sevilla higher. And a fan Saliva higher. Ravana Hansel Vihila Hansa. I cope Vene Solivehe. And be Kilavana Mosivilhe. Shafaramine Fele de Koname. Sovaya Lebaita Vana. Renbad Ban Vene Kaido Gopre Nivehendo. Sofale Mesefelea. On Fara Mikaladaya. O Shapra Ade. Orandale. Radaba. There's a switch back of the blessings. There's a switch back of the blessings. And Vanana. Farabate Katorabade. And listen to me now. That which has been sitting on your belongings, the Spirit of God is driving it away. That which has been sitting on what belongs to you is being driven away by the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Devils have been sitting on your marriage. Devils have been sitting on your promotion. Devils have been sitting, my God, on your progress. Devils have been sitting, but, but, but we, we execute the name of Jesus upon them right now. What is yours is yours. And yours alone. I said, what is yours is yours. And yours alone. Right now, I want you to speak prophetically. I want you to say, devil. Return what's mine! Return my life! Return my destiny! My promotion! My prosperity! My marriage! forgot about it returning you may forget but God does not forget God does not forget God does not forget say this is the year of the return thank you Lord this is the year of the returning Lord this is my year of the returning Lord this is my year Every month of this year, every week of this year, every day of this year, I will experience the returning. Hallelujah. 
How you received it? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If I have given personally, if I have given you a prophetic word from the Lord in the, in, in the last three months, it means personally, personally, in the last three months, if I've given you a prophetic word in the last three months, lift up your hands right now. I want you to listen to me. All right? I want you to listen to me. That prophetic word will come to pass in three months' time. Take one day, one day, one day out of each month and fast over this word. All right? Fast over this word. Meditate over this word. In three months, this word will come to pass. Many of you February February Many of you February will be a month of the open window of the open doors. Because I see doors opening in February. The reason why I say February is because the door the Spirit of God is showing me is open into that month. So I can tell prophetically that that is the month that really for many of you here there will be testimonies of returning. This is, a, this is a very, very, very serious word and I want you to listen and don't forget it. Don't forget it. February will be the month of the open door. It will be the month of the open door. That means that which has been in the womb shall escape the womb. The womb of the Spirit will be releasing, will be giving birth to blessings, graces, returnings. And we give you praise. We give you praise that your testimony in our lives is showing forth. We give you praise. Just lift up your hands and thank Him. Lift up your hands and thank him. Just thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him. Thank him. It's not here yet, but thank him like it's here. 
You don't see it yet, but thank him like it's here. I say so, but because God said so. God will crown this year with dew and fatness for you. Yeah? 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 Your own is to believe the work of God. It's to believe. It's to believe. And give thanks. Believe and give thanks. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is fighting for you this year. Are, are you listening to me? It felt and seemed like you were fighting all alone, that there was no one on your side, but this year, God is, God, God is letting you take the back seat. And he's fighting for you. There are battles God is gonna fight for you. Some are ongoing battles. Some are battles that are to come, but God will fight for you and see you through. Hallelujah. 